Good day, everybody. We're continuing on with our Bible study section of studying end times, and we're looking at Revelations chapter 8, and we're looking at the first four trumpets. And in the last podcast, I went extensively through the first trumpet. So what I'd like to do is just start off by reading Revelation chapter 8 again, and then we'll head straight in and start talking about trumpet number 2. So, Revelation 8 NIV, verse 1, When he opened the seventh seal, there was silence in the heaven for about half an hour. And I saw the seven angels who stand before God, and the seven trumpets were given to them. Another angel who had a golden censer came and stood at the altar, and he was given much incense to offer with the prayers of all God's people on the golden altar in front of the throne. The smoke of the incense together with the prayers of God's people went up before God from the angel's hand. Then the angel took the censer, filled it with fire from the altar and hurled it on the earth. And there came peals of thunder, rumblings, flashings of lightning and an earthquake. And then from verses 6 to 12, we read of the first four trumpets. Trumpet number 1, verse 6. Then the seven, verse seven. Then the seven angels who had the seven trumpets prepared to sound them. Verse seven. The first angel sounded his trumpet, and there came hail, fire mixed with blood, and it was hurled down on the earth. A third of the earth was burned up, and a third of the trees were burned up, and all the green grass was burned up. So that's where we ended last podcast. So what had happened is the planetary system of wormwood had come through the earth and is now exiting the solar system, and the earth now travels through the exiting stream of the Wormwood system. And the first trumpet, from my perspective, describes the earth traversing through the tail of the system, and what took place, what takes place during the tail, the hail, the fire, the smoke, the darkness, Um, what happens to the animals, the insect life, what happens to the earth, the upheavals of the planet, earth shock, earthquake, possible pole shift, all taking place within a very small period of time. From what I read, could take place over a period of about six hours to five days. I'm not sure. I'm not an expert in that area, so... Let's move on. Verse 8. So we'll discuss the next, these next three trumpets today in this podcast. The second angel sounded his trumpet, and something like a huge mountain, all ablaze, was thrown into the sea. A third of the sea turned into blood, a third of the living creatures in the sea died, and a third of the ships were destroyed. Verse 10. The third angel sounded his trumpet, and a great star, blazing like a torch, fell from the sky on a third of the rivers and on the springs of water. The name of the stars, Wormwood. A third of the waters turned bitter and many people died from the waters that had become bitter. Verse 12, the fourth angel sounded his trumpet and a third of the sun was struck, a third of the moon, a third of the stars, so that the third of them turned dark. A third of the day was without light and also a third of the night. Verse 13, now, so now once we finish the four trumpets, we now enter into a period what what could be the calm before the storm. So, the bowls and the next uh, the, the 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 bowl judgment described going through the 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 system the the, the um, wormwood systems incoming trail again. Now, 
verse 13 now introduces us to the beginning of the abomination of desolation. So if you go back to your grid that I gave you last week, now verse 13 now describes it. I'm going to be going over and over the beginning, the signs of the beginning, uh, uh, until you know it. The reason why I go like this, why I, st why I study it like this, is in the introduction I studied the, give you tools on how to study end times, pointers. Then we go through this big study, this big Bible study, verse by verse, various chapters. And that gives us a framework from which to live and work from, biblical framework. From that framework, we can then go into everyday life and begin to interpret what we see and hear from various sources and begin to bring them together. And we can have a lot of fun like that because we go from stuff that could possibly be true to the weird, wild and wacky tinfoil hat stuff. I love going into that. I love enjoy. I enjoy a good conspiracy. I get moaned at by my wife by saying, you shouldn't say conspiracy theory and tinfoil hat stuff. But I, I do that a little bit to, to troll people as well. I shouldn't, but I do. I enjoy it. Anyway, verse 13. As I watched, I heard an eagle that was flying in midair call out in a loud voice, woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth because of the trumpet blast about to, to be sounded by the other three angels. And we're going to have a lot of fun looking at, the, at those trumpet blasts and what the Bible says. And then we can start comparing what other people are saying about different events around that time. Now, the second trumpet sounds a huge mountain ablaze. Verse 8. Something like a huge mountain, all ablaze, was thrown into the sea. A third of the sea turned into blood. A third of the living creatures in the sea died, and a third of the ships were destroyed. So now, from my understanding, limited understanding of of study of astronomy, geography, etc. The tail as we go in will impact one third of the land mass of the planet. So you're looking at sort of the Americas or you're looking at Africa or you're looking at that column coming down Australia, going up from Australia up through to uh, Japan, Southeast Asia type of scenario. So one of those are going to get hit, and one third of the trees, vegetation, etc., is going to get taken out. As the rotation of the planet moves through, a huge comet is going to come in. And so you need to think of this great mountain coming down on fire from the heavens and it and it impacts the ocean in the next podcast i'm going to try and show you what it like what it's like to live through it now interesting point is i i've been in the process of changing over my computers from this just in, in the month of january and my laptop i we as we go on mission, the laptop is going to be gifted to one of the missionaries that we're going to be going to, uh, pastors, local pastors. So I, I, I was, however, working on my laptop because um, I had to go out and I worked from out of the office. Uh, 
and I was working on the scenario of what it's going to look like, you know, writing, writing this document in the Word document. I made a mistake by transferring not the document I was working on, but a previous document into the shared folder that I put loaded up to my new computer. And then we deleted all my work from the old computer. And so that's been deleted. So I'm going to have to redo all of that. But part of redoing all of that is inserting clips because I'm hoping when I get back to begin, continue experimenting and learning how to do a vlog using um, the, the, the video recorder and recording it onto my computer and then editing it and inserting clips. In the interim, what I would suggest you do is go on YouTube and look at the impacts of meteorites over Russia the in, in last year. Um, really interesting and also go and look at some impacts of the movie Deep Impact where this thing hits the ocean. That will give you a visual picture of, of the effects of what's going to take place in the ocean. So um, that's pretty interesting. Now here is an excerpt from Worlds in Collision, The Tide by Emanuel Velikovsky, page 70 to 75. Just a little couple of little lines taken out of this. The slowing down or stasis of the Earth in its rotation would cause a tidal recession of water towards the poles, but the celestial body nearby would dis disturb the poleward recession, drawing the water towards itself. The traditions of many people persist that the seas were torn apart and their waters heaped high and thrown upon the continents. Adding to that, you have a impact event taking place. Now, the impact event is going to hit one-third of the sea, one-third of the creatures living in the sea, and one-third of the ships. And I'm thinking to myself, where, where, um, where does most of the um, merchant fleet travel through? So in my limited thinking, I would say that you've got the North Atlantic route. Uh, you've got the South China Sea route up through Southeast Asia, Singapore, Southeast Asia. And then you've got the uh, Asian North American route as well. So effectively, I would say that this thing is going to hit in those areas, one of those areas, one of those three areas, one of those three oceans and it's going to take out a third of the merchant fleet. So, two-thirds of the ocean, the waters, oh no, a third of the ocean, sorry, not two-thirds, a third of the ocean, third of the waters going red, obviously the impact, the release of the chemicals, that substance will probably take up take out the oxygen of the water and you're going to, besides the impact and the substance itself, you're going to have an oxygen depletion. So you're going to have a die-off of the animal life and plant life of the ocean. Now, let's look at some biblical texts that give us a similar picture and explanation. Exodus chapter 7, 20 to 21, Amplified Version. So Moses and Aaron did as the Lord commanded. Aaron lifted up the staff and struck the waters 
in the Nile, in the sight of Pharaoh and in the sight of his servants, and all the waters that were in the, was in the Nile was turned to, into blood. The fish in the Nile died, and the river became foul-smelling, and the Egyptians could not drink its water, and there was blood throughout the land of Egypt. Psalm 78, 43-44, Amplified. How he worked his miracles in Egypt, and his wonders in the field of Zon, where Pharaoh resided, and turned their rivers into blood and their streams so that they could not re, uh, drink. Joel chapter 2, verse 31. The sun will be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and terrible day of the Lord. Zephaniah 1, verse 3. I will consume and sweep away man and beast. I will consume and sweep away the birds of the air and the fish of the sea and the stumbling blocks, idols, along with the wicked and I will cut off and destroy man from the face of the earth declares the Lord so the chemical release from the meteorite the mountain the impact the shock of the impact the explosion uh, into the sea the earthquakes the, the, not earthquakes the tsunami that this thing releases together with what's already taking place with the global shock and pole shift of the oceans. One third goes red, one, one third of the animals die, and one third of the ships, so you've got, are going to just get sunk. An interesting note now, I try to get an earlier uh, register, ship's register, but in I couldn't. Maybe one of you can and send it to me. As of January the 1st, 1981 there were 24,867 ocean-going merchant ships registered now imagine the shock wave in the shipping industry where if 8,289 of these ships get destroyed together with their cargoes so what you're dealing with is you remember back living under the horsemen. You've got the, the, the globalists now are controlling the economy. The, the globalists, the New World Order people, the Satanists, the Illuminati, the whole cabal of them, Babylon is controlling them. Remember Babylon is full of merchants. They now control the ocean going merchandise and now start releasing this merchandise into their controlled Agenda 21 and Agenda 30 cities. And um, to control the population of the world. Now imagine a third of that, what would happen, the impact of a third of that on that society, what's going to happen. Together with the fact that we're now going into a stage where the Antichrist now comes into power. All those events now are going to take place around the beginning of the uh, time of Jacob's troubles, the great tribulation begins, their convergence, their coming man, all that takes place around that, you're going to have one third of the ocean going ships are going to get, get taken out and now this Antichrist now is going to start trying to prepare mankind for Armageddon. Can you imagine the impact of all of this that's going to take place? Let's move on. The third trumpet Verse 10 and verse 11, the blazing star. 
The third angel sounded his trumpet, and a great star, blazing like a torch, fell from the sky on a third of the rivers and on the springs of water. The name of the stars Wormwood, and a third of the waters turned bitter, and many people died from the waters that had become bitter. So we've got this next great star, this meteorite, or this comet, that falls from the heaven, and it now begins to hit the fresh water supplies of a third of the planet. Now, just, just imagine this, right? You've got three-thirds of the planet. The planet, first of all, goes through the tail, and one-third of the vegetation and water get taken out by the tail and, and the, the, fire, the hail fire that comes down comes out and it gets impacted by uh, the, the, the mountain goes into the ocean and that takes out a third of the ocean, a third of the food of the ocean and a third of the fleets. And as the planet rotates now, it gets hit again by a possible third body meteorite coming in. So just imagine, like I'm, I'm not saying this is how it's going to happen. This is an example. Rotation comes in and your planet that gets hit will be your North American system. So, what, so it takes out a third of all the vegetation, etc. Then it takes, then a meteorite hits the Atlantic and takes out the fleets there, wipes them all out, one third. And then it goes into your African third um, and, and, and sort of Asia third where the water now gets affected. Um, one third of the rivers, streams and waters gets poisoned and people now begin to die from drinking the poisoned water. Now remember that your... your your movement's going to be very, very restricted. You can't just up and walk around because you've, you've had the effects of pole shift. You've had the effects of the earthquake. You've had the effects of the tsunamis. You've had the effects of fire coming in and destroying everything. The darkness is starting to come in. It really starts to get darker and gets getting darker and darker as more stuff gets thrown into the atmosphere and more of these things start hitting the planet and exploding. So wormwood means bitter and it's always connected with God's judgment. Deuteronomy 29, 18, so that there will be not among you a, a, a man or woman or family or tribe whose heart turns away today from the Lord our God to go and serve false gods of these nations, so that there will not be among you a root of idolatry bearing poisonous fruit and wormwood bitterness. So the word wormwood is always associated with poison, with bitterness. It was a name of a bitter herb that was fatally poisonous to some people but always a symbol of divine judgment. Jeremiah 3.15 Then in the final time, I will give you spiritual shepherds after my own heart, who will feed you with knowledge and true understanding. 9.15 Therefore thus says the Lord of hosts, or the God of Israel, Behold, I will feed them, this people, with wormwood, and give them bitter and poisonous water to drink. Jeremiah 23.15 Therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts in regard to the prophets, Behold, I'm going to feed them the bitterness of wormwood and make them drink the poisonous water of gall. 
for the, for from the counterfeit prophets of Jerusalem, profaneness and ungodliness has spread into all the land. Lamentations 3.15, he has filled me with bitterness. He has made me drunk with wormwood bitterness. 3.19, Lamentations, remember, O God, my affliction and my wanderings, the wormwood and the gall bitterness. Amos 5.7, and those shall be consumed who turn justice into wormwood bitterness and cast righteousness down to earth. So we've always got that link between wormwood. So this judgment recalls the bitter water that God gave the rebellious Israelites to drink in the wilderness, which the tree that was thrown into it turned sweet again. Just listen to this, Exodus 15, 23 to 25. Then they came to Marah, but they could not drink its waters because they were bitter. Therefore, it was named Marah, bitter. The people grew discontented and grumbled at Moses, saying, What are we going to drink? Then he cried to the Lord for help, and the Lord showed him a tree, a branch of which he threw into the waters, and the waters became sweet. There the Lord made a statute and an ordinance for them, and there he tested them. Uh, in Exodus 7.21, it was the first plague. So your, the fish died in the Nile, and the river became foul-smelling, and the Egyptians could not drink its water, and there was blood throughout all the land. So that's effectively what's going to happen so you've got a third of the vegetation and the forest gone a third of the ocean and the ocean uh, vegetation and fish is gone fleet and now you've got a third of the waters getting taken out all prior to verse 13 the beginning of the tribulation period so now the effects of all of this could possibly be the results of the fourth trumpet which is darkness. We go to chapter 12, Revelation 8. The fourth angel sounded his trumpet, and a third of the sun was struck, a third of the moon, a third of the stars, so that a third of them turned dark. A third of the day was without light, and also a third of the night. So now it seems like the heavenly bodies get, get judged. Darkness is a common symbol of judgment in the Old Testament and we are told that the day of the Lord was the time of darkness. Exodus 10.22, So Moses stretched out his hand towards the sky, and for three days a thick darkness was all over the land of Egypt. No sun, no moon, no stars. Now, it seems that this darkness was so dense that artificial light would not work. And um, at that time, the fires were either extinguished or made invisible, because the because of the denseness of the atmosphere so within this period of time you're not going to be able to do anything you're not going to be able to eat unless you've got food on you you're not going to be able to drink unless you've got water right next to you and on you and this period of time is going to take place would would have taken place about 5 to 9 days uh Amos 5:18 woe judgment is coming to you who desire the day of the Lord, expecting rescue from the Gentiles? Why would you want the day of the Lord? It is darkness, judgment, and not light, and rescue and prosperity. Isaiah 13.10 For the stars of the heavens and their constellations will not flash with their light. The sun will be dark when it rises, and the moon will not shed its light. Joel 2.2 A day of darkness and gloom, a day of clouds and thick dark mists, like the dawn spread over the mountains, 
There is a pagan hostile people, numerous and mighty. They are like which have never seen, never been before, nor will ever be afterwards, even for many generations. And then Mark 13, 24. But in those days, after the suffering and distress, that tribulation, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. So there's definitely going to be a darkening of the heavenly bodies predicted in this verse of scripture. And it also warns to serve uh, of, of a more severe judgment to come. So Exodus 10, 21 to 23. Then the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand towards the sky so that darkness may come over the land of Egypt. <clears throat> a darkness which is so awful that it may be felt. So Moses stretched out his hand towards the sky and for three days a thick darkness was over all the land of Egypt. No sun, no moons, no stars. Verse 23. The Egyptians could not see one another, nor did anyone leave his place for three days. But all the Israelites had supernatural light in their dwellings. So we don't know what the darkness was at that time. Could it, be, could it have been the pollution and all the dust and ash and... Um, results of all that took place in the atmosphere that it was so thick you couldn't even see uh, the, the, you know and and just imagine that with the reduction of that light coming from the sun the the temperature drop would have a tremendous effect on the earth so let's look at the darkness just a little bit and go into it and then let's compare what happened in Egypt with the traditions of the peoples during that period of time. So, coming out of the tail of the comet and being hit by these two approach, two, two bodies, these two meteorites, um, and the effect on the rotation on the earth, which had a massive effect on the oceans, Massive effect on the lithosphere, the, the, the crust of the earth, and a massive effect on the atmosphere. So you've got this tremendous hurricanes, winds going crazy as, you know, as the earth basically changes its pattern of movement. Um, there are a lot of rabbinical sources describe what took place during the darkness. And I've just... Put together from Velikovsky a couple of these um, quotes. So, and he's, an exceeding strong wind endured for seven days. All the time the land was shrouded in darkness. On the fourth, fifth, sixth day the darkness was so dense that the people of Egypt could not stir from their place. The darkness was of such a nature that it could not be dispelled by artificial means. So um, don't know whether the fire... The light of the fire couldn't penetrate the darkness because the particles were so big and so so many, or whether the winds would not allow people to basically ignite a fire or, or run one of those type of things. I, just try and imagine that. Imagine that a darkness that is so dense you nearly touch it. Wind, incredible, roaring fires outside. You couldn't communicate with anybody. Couldn't speak to them, couldn't hear them. You couldn't move around. You can't take food, you can't get water. You got to be by yourself or with, if, if you're with someone. And uh, then on top of that, you've got that temperature drop. 
it's going to be an incredible time of, of, of fear. Now, apparently, there was a black granite um, marker found at El Arish on the border of Egypt and Israel. It bears an inscription in hieroglyphics, and this is what it says. The land was in great affliction. Evil fell on this earth. There was a great upheaval in the residence. Nobody could leave the palace. There was no exit from the palace during the nine days, and during the nine days of upheaval, there was such a tempest that neither men nor gods, the royal family, could see the faces of those besides them. Now this ties in with Exodus 10.22. So Moses stretched out his hand towards the sky. And for three days a thick darkness was all over the land of Egypt. No sun, no moon, no stars. Now, the Egyptian darkness, I don't know what caused it, as I, was, as I said could have been the tilting of the Earth's axis through the pole shift, uh, through the attraction of the planet, passing through that planet, planetoid, the planets, the little system of wormwood. It could be aggravated by the dust from the comet and the fires and the effects of all of that on the Earth. It could be a combination of two. Um, but... In either the eastern or the western parts of the world, there was an extended gloomy day. And so, Dr. Velikovsky has gotten basically writings from the various peoples. So I want to go through a few of these here for you. So why am I, why am I doing this? Because I want to try and build for you a picture of what is going to come. Now, if the pre-tribulation rapture people are correct, and I really, really hope they do, and I, I don't think they are, but if they are correct, this is all for our interest. But it's going to be terrible for the people living through it. But if they are incorrect, and I'm correct in post-trib rapture, I want you, I want you to understand this, that this is possibly what you will be experiencing, like the children of Israel were experiencing it in the midst of the judgment falling on the Egyptians. So let's see what the ancient people say about what took place during this period of time. So in the Sudan, south of Egypt, there are tales of a time when the night never came to an end. Kalevala, if, I say, if I'm saying that correctly, of the Finns, tells of a time when hailstones of iron fell from the sky, where the sun and the moon disappeared, were stolen from the sky and did not appear. And in, their, in, 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 the, in, the, in, the, in place of them, there was a period of darkness, and then a new sun and a new moon was replaced in the sky. In the sky. Um, the Peruvians describe a time when the sun did not appear for five days and the upheaval, the earth changed its profile and the sea fell upon the land. In Babylon, there was an 11th tablet. The Epic of Gilgamesh refers to the same event. So the horizon rose, a dark cloud, and it rushed against the earth. The land was shriveled by the heat of the flames 
Desolation stretched to the heavens. All that was bright was turned into darkness. Nor could a brother distinguish his brother. Six days, the hurricane deluged. The tempest continued sweeping the land. And all the humans back to its clay were returned. Uh, the Iranian book, or the book from that area, Angita, or A-N-U-G-I-T-A, reveals a threefold day and a threefold night that concludes a world age. So a protracted night. Onrushing dust sweeping in from, from, from this interplanetary system. And it basically envelops Europe, Africa, America, the valleys of the Euphrates, right the way through to the Indus. Now, if the earth did not stop rotating but just slowed down or tilted, you'd probably have a, a prolonged day followed by a prolonged night. So, current day Iran is situated... And if one is to believe the tradition, the sun was absent for a threefold day and then it shone for a threefold day. Further east you go, the day protracts. Further west you go, the night protracts. So according to Bama Yast, at the end of the world age in, the eastern, in eastern Iran or in India, the sun remained visible for 10 days in the sky. In China, during the reign of Emperor Yahoo, Y-A-H-O-U, a great catastrophe brought a world age to a close, and for 10 days the sun didn't set. So, let's just finish off by um, going through what we've learned so far, and then I just want to finish off by uh, verse, looking briefly at verse 13. So, Seal number six and trumpets number one to four, in my estimation, are the same events. And what they do is they describe the slow motion uh, heading into the dust trail of the wormwood system. They describe the earthquakes, the rumblings, the tremblings, the loud and strange sounds, volcanoes old and new erupting. Tsunamis all over the globe smashing into the coastlines of the city. It describes a wormwood system that's going to probably look bigger than the moon, full moon in the sky. But it will be uh, interacting with the planet in a very, very violent way. Possible with uh, ele electronic discharges between the earth and the system or various little planetoids in the system. Eclipses are going to be going on left, right and center. The atmosphere is going to be filled with red dust. It's going to have an effect on the insects. It's going to have an effect on the breathing of humans and animals. It's going to have an effect on the sores. We're going to have the you know, boils, etc. Animal life in the waters are going to die. Uh, it's going to leave a bad and putrid smell. Um, it's going to lead to waterborne sicknesses in people. They're going to be desperate to drink. And so there is a very, very strong correlation, in my opinion, between what happened in Egypt and what happens in uh, with the trumpets, so in slide in this slide that I'm going to give you, it's slide number nine of these two podcasts dealing with the trumpets. Uh, 
you're going to see that this this table which compare trumpet number one with uh, the plagues of Egypt and the various different plagues as they go through. So go and have a read of that. I'm not going to read through all those scriptures because we've covered those scriptures pretty much in depth. But have a read of the comparisons between the two. Um, I'm of the opinion that um, what happened in Egypt, what happened with Joshua and what happened in various times during history is going to repeat itself in this judgment coming in. And we're going to see the judgment of the Lord here with taking place with the sixth seal breaking and with the first four trumpets. Now, in my opinion, we're looking at a period of time now where you have a calm between the storms. So you've got the earth moving through the exiting wormwood system as it goes out of the system. And you've got the sixth seal and the first four trumpets taking place. Then you've got a period of time as the earth rotates around the sun and continues its rotation. And the earth will then impact the incoming system where the, the wormwood system where it came in and, and that's where we get the bowl judgments taking place this intervening period of time will probably or possibly be between three and five months so between three and five months you're going to have the start the official start of Jacob's troubles the great tribulation the three and a half years where Antichrist now takes his seat, where the abyss gets opened, where the witnesses get released, where the angelic army of demons get released, and literal hell breaks through on the earth, and the devil, through the Antichrist, rules planet earth for three and a half years. So the warning we get in verse 13 of Revelation 8 now begins to carry a significant more amount more weight. So we're not just reading it because we, we, we're imagining what is going to take place. So we've imagined what is taking place under the seals, living under the horsemen, and all that takes place under the first four seals that get broken, the horsemen, where, as you know, my, my belief is that the Lord just allows Babylon, the devil, his angels, his people, the sheeple to have their way upon the planet. You want to live by yourself. You want to live under your own rules. You want to live with this evil. Well, here you are. Go ahead. Live this way and the consequences thereof. Then while they are living through that, we now begin to see the rise in fear. The underground bunkers get to get to get the final push to be finished because coming in is the wormwood system and the world is now going to see it. And um, I've described in the last in this podcast, in the last podcast, what takes place as we go through the system for the first time and how the planet one third, one third, one third gets hammered. And now we come to the, 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 the warning about the start of the abomination of desolation. Revelation 8.13 Then I looked and I heard a solitary eagle flying in midheaven for all to see, saying with a loud voice, Woe, woe, woe! Great wrath is coming to those who dwell on the earth 
because of the remaining blasts of the trumpet which the three angels are about to sound, announcing even greater judgments. So John next sees this, sees on earth, all right? He sees this angel, uh, eagle, sorry, apparently interrupt the angels that are flying through the sky with the trumpets or blasting the trumpets. He interrupts the process and he issues this dire warning to the people living on the planet that now three more trumpets are coming. Three more judgments are going to be released. What is this angel? I, I, I don't know. It could be a literal eagle. Uh, God's given animals the ability to communicate with people in the past. We see that in Genesis chapter 3 with the snake. We see that in Numbers 22. Um, eagles, vultures, birds of prey are often used as heralds of a rapidly approaching disaster or judgment, Matthew 24, 28. Wherever their corpse, corpse is, there the vultures will flock together. So this eagle is now a very appropriate herald of the remaining judgments of God coming upon the planet. The loud voice seems to guarantee that everybody in the earth is going to hear the message. And the eagle announces that the last three judgments, which are also woes. Now we read about woes and we've spoken about it in Revelation 9. We will speak about in Revelation 9 and Revelation 10. But we, they're really, really emphasizing the severity. You know, when Jesus says, woe to you, you know, Emphasizing, I'm, I'm, it's like I'm telling you the truth. This is going to be bad. And really trying to emphasize the point. And they are especially bad because the coming judgments have people specifically in their target, not nature, not the globe. So the deaths that are taking place in the first four judgments are a, are a, a result of what, what happens on the earth. What's going to happen now is specifically against people. And the specific object of their judgment are the people who do not have the seal of God on their foreheads. And their judgment is partially a response of the tribulation saints, the fifth seal saints, and all the saints throughout history who have been murdered by the Babylonian system, Revelation 6.10. So you see that, 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 that result of the prayers of the saints and that golden censer getting thrown to the earth. What, is, what has been announced? Antichrist is coming and is here. Disclosure and the aliens now arrive or fallen angels. I believe aliens are fallen angels, they're demons. Okay, well, that's it for the trumpets, the first four trumpets. In the next session, I'm going to give you, and according to the time that I've recorded this, it will be when I'm back from. God willing, back from the mission to Nepal, where we're going to hopefully, God willing, 
plant a discipleship training school. Um, we're going to be looking at what it looks like to actually live through wormwood. So I'm going to try and do a similar podcast that I did living under the horsemen. So now we're going to continue on from the finish off of the horsemen to now that society going in now to these four trumpets. And then I'll probably do a few more living through podcasts as we go in. Again, what I want to say to you is that it's you really the reason why I emphasize these Bible studies is it's to give you a solid framework so that when, for example, once you understand the solid framework of what takes place at the start of the Great Tribulation, we can then go into the next series of podcasts, which will be like the Tinfoil Hat series or whatever I want to call it, where we'll describe well, what is the who is the Antichrist? Is he Nimrod? Is he a clone infused with the spirit of Nimrod, spirit of, uh, of Abaddon, spirit of Antichrist? I do know that the devil inhabits, the, the, is he a human being? Is he a human being that has his DNA changed? What is the, 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 what is the statue of the beast? Is it an AI inhabited by the spirit of Antichrist? So we can discuss all of those things. But in the discussion, we don't have to get caught up into going down, uh, narrowing our fields and, 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 and holding on to things. We can hold on to a lot of things loosely because why? Because why? Because we have a solid biblical foundation and we know at this point the Antichrist is going to come. Whether he is Nimrod resurrected, whether he is a giant, whether he is a Nephilim, whether he's got Nephilim DNA, whether he's just a human being or whatever he is. We know he has arrived. And the world and the apostate church will worship him. And that's when the mark of the beast gets issued. What is the mark of the beast? Well, we know that a mark of the beast gets issued and it controls your welfare. What is it going to look like? Then we can go in and we can start looking and investigating what the different views of the mark of the beast will be. And we can hold those things loosely in our hand as well. So anyway... That's it for now. Um, hope you enjoy this. Study it. And when I get back from God willing Nepal, we'll put up living under, a living through Wormwood. God bless. Have a great day.